Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of B2B Made Simple. This week on the podcast, I joined Mason Cosby on his show, The Marketing Ladder, and we talked about a number of different things from my career, starting a website development firm back from the early days to where we are now, the pivots that we've made, how we've gone to market, how we're uh, marketing right now, how we're talking to our buyers, how we've launched a podcast, uh, basically from scratch to where we are now, uh, we walk through it on this podcast episode. And I know that you listening might not own an agency. You're typically a, a marketer at a SaaS company, but you can take the strategy and the learnings that we've gathered along the way and apply them to what you're doing because they can totally um, fit in many different markets. Like I mentioned, we we run a podcast. Um, I am extremely active on LinkedIn. I post there every single day. All of these things we dive into in this podcast episode, and I really think that you'll have some good takeaways. So enjoy. Welcome to the Marketing Ladder. We interview top marketing leaders to learn how they built their career so you can learn how to build yours. This is your host, Mason Cosby, and today I am joined by Sam Moss, who is the co-founder of One Click Agency. Sam, thank you for joining me today. Mason, thanks for having me on the show, man. This is exciting. Absolutely. Well, what I have really loved about your career, as we as we really did a bit of a, a pre-planning session, it it's so focused on essentially just a bit towards execution and really just self-education. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And we'll go ahead and, and dive right in with the basic question of how did you get started in your career? Uh, so we'll, we'll go back a few years. Um, so I run uh, a web development agency and uh, four or five years ago, my dad had been doing uh, web hosting for some local businesses and uh, said, hey, do you want to partner up and do some marketing for for small businesses? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So uh, we kind of turned the agency into a marketing agency where we did everything and anything uh, for small businesses. So pay-per-click, uh, logo design, website development, um, social media management all of the above. And our motto was, uh, you know, if someone asks us, Hey, can you do this? We just say yes, and we'll figure out how to do it. And it was just the two of us. So got spread thin very quickly. And uh, that's not how you should uh, build a business. So we decided, Hey, well, we're going to focus on um, website design and development for small businesses. And that's all we're going to do, right? Just that. And uh, that actually, we started to grow once we did that and focused on on one thing. And then, Early on in the pandemic, we decided to go full on into uh, SaaS uh, web development. Um, just kind of moved upstream a little bit, and obviously you have to start somewhere. So uh, yeah. now we're we're focused even more into a niche, which is really cool. So that's kind of the progression of uh, you know over the past four or five years of where we've come from to where we are now. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And what I love about that just story is, yes, you found some success trying to be everything to everybody, but mm-hmm. you really found major success when you started to niche. And, you know, really over the course of this podcast, we're going to talk about essentially how you built one click 
But I think the way that you built OneClick is really applicable to anybody as they're looking to build their career, where they want to go be an internal employee, whether they want to be an entrepreneur, where they want to uh, go and be, you know, agency side, however they want to build their career. There are still super applicable things when you think through building a career that that you've really done successfully. So with that, what, what I want to go ahead and uh, address is really how did you learn all of these skills? I mean, how did you even start to learn about marketing um, and become really a proficient and expert web developer? <sighs> There's a, a number of different things. So uh, one, I have a long way to go for sure. Um, so I think just kind of knowing that is great groundwork, right? Yeah. But uh, I read a lot of books, have spent a lot of time talking to people in the industry, which is I think is a key learning, and then just implementing, right? Getting your hands dirty and doing things. Um, I don't, I don't build our websites anymore. I don't do the web development. Uh, but when we were doing websites specifically for the small businesses and the local businesses, I was building websites, right? I was in the back end of WordPress coding, uh, in the front end, moving stuff around, doing updates to these websites. Right. And I learned like what it kind of takes to get that done. And obviously yeah. like you can't scale if you're doing everything yourself. Right. So you kind of, you do have to start, get your, your hands dirty and get in the weeds and do some things. And then on top of that, stay proficient. Right. So maybe there's a couple of accounts um, that you can, let's say you, you've, you've kind of scaled up and now you have a team below you that's, that's doing your, your work, get in there and actually do a couple of things. Like don't make it your job because a lot of times you want to work on your business instead of in, but at least it will keep you current and like relevant to what's going on. Um, I think that's definitely something that has helped, uh, you know, what we've been doing. And then on top of that, don't be afraid to delegate. That was really tough. Uh, a few years ago when it was like, Hey, can we ever find someone that will ever build a website? Can we ever build a team? Right. That's going to to take this over for us. And, uh, eventually you just kind of have to get over that and be like, yeah, there's way better people out there than, than yourself to do these things. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the progression of, again, of just like, you know, where it started to like where we are now. Absolutely. So how did you even decide on specifically websites? I mean, if you were doing a whole lot of other services, where, where did, where did that decision come from? Um, I think when I look back, I would say it's because it's a lot less performance driven. Hmm. Um, so I hate the pressure of, let's say that we were doing, uh, some pay-per-click for, uh, you know, PPC for a small business, right? A lot of times their mindset is where, where are the leads, right? And I hated yeah. the pressure of like doing stuff like that every single month and wondering, wow, are they going to leave as a client if we, if this is a slower month or depending on a number of different outside factors. And we weren't really good at it by any means. We were just kind of dabbling, trying to find out like what we can do and how we can help businesses. Right. Yeah. And, uh, eventually we landed on website design and development one, because that's what we felt most comfortable with. That's what we had the most experience with. Um, there was a lot of demand and a lot of need for it. There still is. Um, and it's a lot less performance driven. So like, People come to us with a project, right? We deliver the project and it's not, oh, well, I thought this website was supposed to get us a gazillion leads, right? What's what's going on, right? Especially in the SaaS world, they know that like, hey, we are a team that does your development for you. We're not your uh, demand gen team, right? Yeah. So I think that was a key factor for sure. And it's a lot less pressure on your shoulders to always be like performing. It's just, hey, this is a task that we need done. Da, 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 done. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, I hate the pressure. So I think that's probably why we end up going that direction. But that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's also really helpful for, for people to understand because as people are looking at building their career in marketing, I think especially, I, I know that my first job, I was the, the dedicated marketing hire. So I did it all. So to actually look at yourself and say, where, where do I, from a character standpoint and the characteristics that make me up, where do I find the most joy? And in doing so, I'll actually provide the best work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For us, it was, yes, this does uh, excite us for sure. And then on top of that, it's like, we do have the experience. So it's mo you're more comfortable in a sales setting, talking to people, right? You understand like what you're trying to sell instead of that mentality that I had mentioned before, like, if we can't do it, we'll figure it out and you have to fake it till you make it. Yeah. It's way easier to be good at something and continue to hone your craft. Uh, and you're going to be way more comfortable in a sales call with the product and the experience that you're delivering and just knowing, Hey, we, we do our best and we do really good work because we focus on one thing. Um, yeah. that's probably the biggest learning that I've ever had is like become good at one or two core core things. And if they tie in together, that's even better. Yeah. So you started with small businesses. So was it really just starting with your local community and really pounding the pavement to, to help people that were in the community build websites? Or how did you even start to drum up business for one click when you were getting started? Yeah, it was it was a number of different things. Um, the biggest would be networking and community. Um, so I grew up in a small town of like 4000 people. And then when I got married, we moved up north about an hour to what I call the big city of like, well, there's probably like 40,000 people here, which is still tiny compared to probably everyone listening to this. And uh, I joined a local B&I group, which was cool. Um, and that's where a lot of the referrals came from. And then it's word of mouth from there. Um, and even on top of that, you know, we have uh, we had a Google listing and just like some basic SEO just to kind of make sure that we were being seen. But between those two or three things, um, you know, we, we drummed up a lot of business. And then eventually, uh, we, we started a podcast called Small Business Made Simple, which now has turned into B2B Made Simple. So if you go back really far, you'll hear like some, uh, some business episodes on the show. And uh, that was a way to get a foot in the door with some uh, business owners, and really just network and build a community and get to know them and say, hey, not even really tell them what we do, they figure it out, they ask, right? They're like, why are you here? What do you do? Um, and it was a, another great way to, to network and close potential business and, and rub shoulders with buyers. So that was our strategy when we were doing, uh, when we were working with small businesses and it hasn't really changed too much now. We, we have the same podcast. Um, we've gone full blown on LinkedIn. And uh, between those two things, that's what has continued to drive demand for what we do in the SaaS world. Yeah, and I definitely want to touch on your LinkedIn presence because I've actually had a couple conversations with other people on LinkedIn and you were just so incredibly smart to actually start to own websites. <laughs> and like when I think of website development on LinkedIn, I think Sam Boss. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a, in a little bit later, but really it was that just starting to network and build that podcast. And really, I, I to, today really kind of view podcasting as digital networking. Um, but for you, were you very intentional with the with the guests that you brought on your podcast? Or was it just trying to bring anybody that was in the community onto the podcast? It at first, I wasn't really sure what I was doing, right? Um, eventually, we refined that model to be more of like a strategic interview, uh, I'll say, right. But early on, um, one of our strategies was we would invite a guest. And I was like, very anal about who comes on the show, 
yeah. that I didn't want some name in the community to ruin it because they have a bad reputation. They provide like a bad service, et cetera. Right. So what I would do is I would have people on the show. I'd have a business owner on the show and I'd say, Hey, who are your, who are top, your top three business owners? Uh, cause everyone knows another business owner in the area or outside the area that you would recommend to have on the show. Um, I'd love to, to reach out to them. And it's funny because I can look back now at the progression of people that I've met because of a local business owner. So if I, if I take it back right now, there's one business owner that introduced me to another who introduced me to a business coach who a couple, uh, interviews down the line interviews, uh, me to an agency owner, James Carberry in Florida. And then I read his book about content-based networking. And then I stumbled across, uh, across Chris Walker and Dave Gearhart and really sparked my love for B2B marketing. Hmm. And then here we are because of just like asking people, Hey, who would you recommend to have on the show? And it kind of like grew into something a lot bigger than what I had expected. And it wasn't just this local area. It was interviewing business owners from around the United States. And because of that, um, really sparked a love for marketing and this niche that we found in the SaaS world. So it kind of like stumbled out of nowhere, to be honest. So what I love about that story, though, is you were just intentional to ask the question of who else should I know? Mm -hmm. And in doing so, you were then introduced to more and more people that were very influential in the space. Um, I mean, I that's actually interesting enough how I also got introduced to James. I interviewed him in my living room when he just happened to be in town. So like, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it, but it's just so, so honestly neat to, to watch how people really just meet the other people in, in the space. And the more that I've gotten ingrained in the B2B community, the more I recognize it's, it's honestly kind of a smaller community than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. So for you, I mean, as you continue to, to build one click, as you got more introduced to these, these B2B leaders, is that when you made the decision to move from small business over into SaaS tech? Yeah, um, there was a number of different factors. So like I said, this happened uh, very, very early in the pandemic. So early 2020, so a couple of years ago. And uh, one, small businesses, all of their budget halted, right? When yeah. it came to marketing. And it was tough enough to con convince a small business owner, a mom and pop shop that they needed a website in the first place. So like, it's not a fun place to sell, but it's a great place to learn and then move upstream as you build a team, as you, you know, hone your craft and get better as, you know, a business, right? So early 2020, we decided, hey, we're going to go in and focus on SaaS. We had a couple of clients that we've done projects for. We, you know, we've been in the space a little bit, but let's, let's fully go into this. And uh, it was that in a combination of just the love for B2B marketing that I found just because of, again, those connections. And then uh, from there, we decided, hey, well, obviously we're gonna go all in on this. We need to start interviewing these people on our podcast. So we started a marketing leaders podcast and mm -hmm. uh, just kind of spiraled from there. But it was mostly it was mostly sparked due to the pandemic where we took a pivot. We didn't 100% change up our business or close our doors. We just said, hey, there's a different sector, a different industry that like, is still pushing forward that needs what we offer. So why not see what we have there? Yeah, I mean, transitioning from from small business to tech SaaS, I mean, small business for, I don't know how else to say it, but the the sales cycles, the, the products, they're typically not as complex as really tech SaaS. So I mean- Not at all. <laughs> as, as you transitioned over into that space, I mean, did the complexity of the projects increase so you had to upskill yourself or, or really how did like how did that transition affect the complexity of your business 
it really made us up our game. And yes, the complexity severely changed, but guess what? It's all fun, right? You just have to learn and pivot and learn again, right? <laughs> it's it's just taking what you're doing and scaling it way bigger. I know that sounds so simple, but it's like you, before you're building these little three to five page websites for a small business, right? It doesn't take very long to do. Now you're doing the exact thing, but on a way bigger scale. So yeah, we had to, to learn the industry. And the best way that we did that was just talking to people in the industry. Because if I were to go into a sales call and not know what an MQL was, right, and not understand basic marketing lingo or basic marketing terms, why would a SaaS company ever, ever want to do business with us? Yeah. Right? It would be like, well, I don't have any experience in the industry, so why would we trust someone on their website? So what a strategic move early on was learn as much about the industry as you can. Consume every Dave Gearhart, every Chris Walker episode that you can. Interview as many VPs, CMOs, directors of marketing at these SaaS tech uh, companies as you can and just indulge yourself in the industry. And then you're going to have the confidence to hold a conversation with someone in, in the industry and say, hey, look, we actually do have a solution that can help you. Um, and you don't feel as like, I forget the exact phrase. Uh, what is it when you go into an in, uh, industry and you're like uh, gun shy? I don't it's on the tip of my tongue. Either way, you don't have that same feeling anymore. Uh, dang, that's going to bug me. It's like the simplest <laughs> phrase. Oh, well, here we are. <laughs> it's all good. I And, and really, as I'm, I'm hearing you talk, what is so interesting about the way that you've built one click is it's it mirrors a lot of the ways that people have have that I've interviewed previously have built their careers. I mean, they they got the entry level job where they tried a bunch of different things within an organization. They found the one thing that they loved. They really specifically niched and specialized in that area. And then they they grew in their career by building relationships and networking. And it's the exact same thing that you've done with one click. Granted, on a on a much larger scale than just a, a perf, like a, an individual career. But I mean, I just I really want people to hear the, the way that you have built one click. All the lessons are, are very easily transferable if you take ownership and have an ownership mentality over your own career that you can build a career um, from an internal perspective and really can. I mean, what, what's been interesting is the more VPs and CMOs that I interview, the more they've all had a, a small business or a side hustle or they've, they've had a business background themselves. Mm -hmm. So just as, as I'm hearing you again, walk through how you've built one click. I mean, it, it's all transferable. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't want to despise starting out as a freelancer, because that's pretty much what we were is if you looked at what we did, it was myself and my dad, this little two person agency doing some work for small businesses, right? But we learned some principles, we learned a lot about business, finance, operations, sales and marketing, generating demand, building a brand, right? All of those learnings were were things that we started to pick up as we moved along and started to move upstream to where we are now, right? Because yeah. we couldn't have, there's no way we could have started out just offering a solution to B2B SaaS if we had no experience with the local businesses, the small businesses and, and learning how to to build websites and, and interact with our buyers, right? It's it's all part of the, the puzzle, right? And you don't want to despise that at all and, and just scoff it off or try to like skip past it, right? Sometimes yeah. a small beginning is where you need to start. Absolutely. So really, as you, I mean, as you're doing website development today, 
you've already shared that you have more transitioned your own day-to-day responsibilities more towards building the business and working on the business as opposed to working in the business. Yeah. But I mean, as, as you look at your skill set, I mean, what were the things that you started to naturally gravitate towards as far as the actual day-to-day work when you were in, when you were in the business itself? I actually really enjoyed building websites. Um, and if it wasn't for how time consuming it is, maybe I would still do that. I don't know. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the development. I enjoyed the strategic, like how we're going to build this website to one, get as many lead conversions as possible, be a smooth experience for our buyers. Like that, that stuff is fun to me. I enjoy design. I'm not the best designer by any means, but I really did, uh, enjoy building websites, but man, it's, it's a time consuming full-time job just to get one or two websites out. And, uh, you know, you can't do that if you want to build a business, you just can't be doing, uh, <laughs> you can't be providing the product, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say, because eventually yeah. you have to put a team below you if you want to, if you want to grow what you're doing. So as you started to build out that team, what were some of the, the first things that you started to outsource from yourself? A hundred percent. Um, the website development and design. So a few of the day-to-day things that are still on my plate um, would be finance and then sales and marketing. So I am 100% doing all the sales calls and then I'm 100% doing the marketing, right? So you see me really active on LinkedIn. You see me put out an email list. Uh, I do, you know, I interview people on the podcast. So right now, thankfully I love it. I really enjoy the marketing, but the operation side um, is what we've, we've, built the team to be able to take care of, which is really cool. So as you were looking at the the various ways that you could have promoted one click, mm-hmm. I mean, you've gone with the LinkedIn podcast combo is from, from my understanding, the main two ways that you're generating new business for one click. Um, why did you decide to go with the LinkedIn podcast combo? <sighs> uh, Cause James Carberry said to, <laughs> on LinkedIn one. So <laughs> because of the connections that I had made, right, uh, from the small business podcast, uh, I do map it back to James Carvey. So James, if you're listening to this, uh, thanks again, dude. Um, I was listening to the B2B growth show, which is a great show for those who are listening to this. And again, trying to immerse myself in the industry in the marketing industry before this is prior to, to getting into the SaaS world. I just like James and stuff. And uh, they said, hey, LinkedIn is really hot. Right. Look at all this engagement we're getting on LinkedIn. I think uh, Logan Lyles and Dan Sanchez were experimenting with it. And again, this is early 2020. Not many people were mm-hmm. were posting stuff. And I was just like, well, I'm kind of bored in a pandemic. Like, why not try something new? And uh, so I started posting on there and the rest was kind of history. I'm just like, hey, this is obviously a really, really good way to 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 build a business um, and to create some awareness for what you do. Um, and it was a lot of trial and error. And then on top of that, we had already, you know, started a podcast and we just got more focused on who we were to bringing on. And again, our podcast is not a, a sales, uh, strategy at all. It is simply, we bring people on to network, uh, to get to know them, to learn the industry, to rub shoulders with people in the industry. And then we call it a day. If yeah. someone wants to come inbound six months down the road, that's really cool. Right. Um, sometimes it happens. A lot of times it doesn't, and that's okay. Um, but between those two things, that's kind of how, uh, we started with those. So it's just like, just immersing yourself in what others, uh, are doing and whether it's a podcast or reading a book and just being like, Hey, maybe we can implement that. It seems like something that could be a fit for what we're doing. And uh, that's what happened with us. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 
the other thing that I want to really dive into is, again, like you said, you learned most of everything that you know about marketing from reading books, being intentional about being around other great marketers. Um, but to my knowledge, you don't necessarily have a formal education in marketing. So as people are maybe looking to upskill themselves, what what are the, the resources you would recommend people look into to get started? So one, I think starting a podcast is a really great way to learn how to be a marketer. One, because you have to be strategic in who you bring on, who would your buyers or your audience be interested in hearing. Maybe you're a subject matter expert in your, in, you know, on your own, and therefore people can come listen to you. But a lot of times, like early on, you want to bring people on. Two, you have to distribute the content, right? That's a whole nother part, right? So you want to you want to find where your buyers or your audience hang out, and then you want to break it down into bite-sized pieces and distribute it. A lot of people don't do that well. Um, so between those two things, you can learn a lot about marketing. One, because you're bringing people on, you're learning about your buyers, what interests them, what kind of makes them tick. And then two, you have to market your podcast somehow, right? And you can learn from others, but it, it can be tough. Uh, I mean, our show isn't a massive show by any means, but like we do get listenership, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's all because we're putting stuff out on LinkedIn, we're deliver, uh, offering and delivering value every single week. And uh, people keep coming back. And it's starting to snowball a little bit more because people are starting to come with like the word of mouth. Hey, oh, I've been listening to your show. I had someone in Israel, right, that I reached out to, to come on the podcast. They were VP of marketing. And I said, hey, here's our show. If you'd like to come on, like, we'd love to have you. And he's like, oh, I, I listen to you every once in a while. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to check it out again. And we'll probably come up, you know, I'll be interested in coming on the show. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. Would have never thought, like, we haven't even been connected very long on LinkedIn. But it's things like that that are starting to pop up. And you'll notice from that qualitative data that, oh, people are listening. It's not always in the quantitative number side. You want to yeah. listen to what people are saying about the show, what comments are being said on LinkedIn or wherever you're distributing content, and then take that as like a win and keep going. Yeah, I, I think that's super smart because I, I mean, just in the past, I think this is probably episode 32 at this point. I mean... I, I know that personally I've upskilled just because I'm, I'm talking with way smarter people than myself and hearing how they built their careers. Uh, so yeah, love the idea of, of building a podcast. I mean, you, you referenced numerous books. So I mean, what, what were some of the books that you would recommend for people as they're looking to get started? One of the books that sparked my love for marketing long before I got into the B2B SaaS world had to have been building a story brand by Donald Miller. Yep. Um, when we were doing the the websites for small businesses, that's what we would build our websites following is that that structure. So a core marketing book would have been building a story brand, um, moving on to like right now, um, obviously awesome by April Dunford, really great book on positioning, um, going through, uh, what's the name of it? It's by Chris Lockhead. It's the one on uh, category creation, play bigger. That yeah. one's a really good one. Um, Don Miller has a couple of other really good marketing. I think it's Marketing Made Simple is one of his books. Mm -hmm. as another good one. Um, Influence, really great book on just like how people make decisions. Um, the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, one of my favorite books when it comes to marketing. So there's a number of them out there uh, that really just kind of pushed me along and made me think, wow, like I never saw the world in this way. And people all make decisions the same way they're based on emotion and then they're justified by facts and logic logic and if you base your marketing around that then a lot of times you know you'll be you'll be pretty well off so absolutely 
Well, Sam, as, as we start coming to a close, I mean, are there any other thoughts that you have for people as they're looking at how to appropriately build a career in marketing? I would just say have an open mind to learning and start a podcast. Why not start a podcast, right? I think that's where the direction of a lot of companies are going to be going. And I think within the next few years, every company is going to have one like they have a blog, right? I don't see why they won't. So why not get ahead of the, the game there? I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, but not many of them post every week, honestly. Um, so if you could do an episode a week and just interview people in the industry, you're going to learn a ton. Read books, listen to people that are I wouldn't even say self-proclaimed experts because the self-proclaimed experts don't really know a whole lot, right? Just listen to people, <laughs> listen to people that say, hey, listen to this person because they're awesome, right? That's what I would recommend. So if you're looking in the B2B SaaS world, uh, Udi from Gong has some really cool content, um, really smart guy. You have uh, Chris Walker, Dave Gearhart, um, Kyle Lacey from Seismic. There's a number of people that you can just follow on LinkedIn and just see like, how do they approach this? And then on top of that, um, just study what companies do. So for example, you can do that in the B2C world and you can do it. So uh, business to uh, consumer, and then you can do it in the B2B world, right? And you can just say, hey, wow, this is how this company has approached this. That's really cool. Maybe we can do the same thing. And we've done that a number of times. And you can do the same thing in the B2C world, see what they're doing well, and maybe you can apply it to what you're doing and just see how they market. And you'll start to, once you turn on your marketing brain, brain is not going to shut off. So be careful. Yeah. yeah, for better, for worse, man. Uh, my, my wife is a nurse and probably knows more about marketing just because I get so excited than <laughs> any other nurse in the world. Um, but no, Sam, thank you so much for for coming on. And really the things that I want to I want to harp on so much, though you did not necessarily do it in the traditional way, like you have built a career by taking ownership and actually executing. I mean, completely self-taught and really just a bent towards we're going to make this work and figure it out. And I mean, it doesn't sound like from your own perspective, like you read a book of, Oh, I should be niching down. But just mm -hmm. as you looked at the long-term success of the business, you said we'd probably be a lot better off and make a lot happier customers if we specialized into websites. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And another thing that I'll add is we've never done an outbound sales motion, which I think is pretty cool. I don't want to be known for the person that's in someone's LinkedIn DMS, pitching them day one right? First time I've ever connected. Hey, can we try and book a discovery call? Right? I think that's super sleazy. One, because people don't even know who I am. Yes, I have a following on LinkedIn, but like we don't have that big of a brand yet. I think once we do, I think we can explore an outbound sales motion for sure. But what's what's cool is like all of that we've, we've been able to build has been 100% inbound through LinkedIn in a podcast. And never once have I been in someone's DM saying, hey, can I try to book a time with you to tell you about what we offer and how we can make your life better? Um, and again, you never know where the future leads. We'll never do it in a sleazy way, but we haven't needed it to this point. So we'll eventually, as we scale more then maybe we'll do that. But I think it's a cool point. Absolutely. And I mean, Chris Walker's talked about this with Refine Labs that they don't do any kind of an outbound motion, but he just, he's referenced numerous times. If we ever needed to do an outbound motion, that he can guarantee it go far more effectively just because he's built such a personal brand and has built such a brand for refine labs that people wouldn't view it in a sleazy way it'd be like oh you like you recognize that you can actually help me so yeah let's let's entertain a conversation and if someone came inbound to me or if someone if someone messaged me or wrote me an email from refine labs uh they're like the cost of what they do we're not like a fit at all right but mm -hmm. i would still probably entertain it and be like wow yeah. like 
I would respond to the email. <laughs> it would not get marked junk because of the brand they've built. And I think that's really important when it comes to an outbound sales motion. And again, this could be a whole nother conversation. It's like, you have to build a brand first before, otherwise you're just going to be considered like the sleazy first, the slap pitch uh, in the in the LinkedIn DMs. And I, I block them. I yeah. don't read, I really don't read cold emails. They're all the same, right? Uh, it's open junk. Right. Unless I'm just like, oh, I know this company. I know this person. They've delivered value. Yeah, I'll entertain the conversation. Um, but until then, there's for us, there's just no point. Yeah. And I mean, everything that you've done for one click, I think, again, just directly applies. And I'm thinking about, for example, I was talking with Nick Bennett previously on a, on a podcast and like he got his job as director of ABM and field marketing at Alice without an interview based on the personal brand that he had built and the, the results that they knew he could deliver. So, I mean, everything that you've talked about, like if you view yourself really as someone that can bring value to an organization, the same way that you as an agency are bringing value by building websites, like people can build a career in that same way. It's, it's not unheard of. And especially with the power to build a personal brand on LinkedIn, like it's possible to actually land great jobs without interviews mm -hmm. based solely on the value that people know you can bring. Yeah, absolutely. They see the potential. It's almost like bringing on an influencer. Not that I'm one, but like Chris Walker, for example. Can you imagine getting Chris Walker or Dave Gearhart to work for your company? Yeah. Right. That, that's huge. Just the value from that. I mean, just them saying in their, uh, what is it, work history, just the update that go now part of this company. Imagine like the brand lift that that would have just from big name for this this company that really doesn't have a brand yet. It's It's powerful for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just think about all that, that Dave did for, for Drift and Privy just by his presence there before he went over full-time with DGMG. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, all that to say, Sam, thank you so much for, for joining today and sharing really your insight on how to build a career, how to build an agency, and, and really what you've done successfully, um, really just through, again, self-education and, and a bent towards execution. Um, this has been The Marketing Ladder. We hope you enjoyed. And if you are not following Sam Moss, Go follow Sam on LinkedIn. If you need a website, go to oneclick.com. Uh, I know we'll be able to, to take care of you. Again, Marketing Ladder, hope you enjoyed. Thanks.